This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The games don't really get much easier for Birmingham as it's three defeats on the spin. And next up, it's second place Ipswich Town. And no better to speak about Ipswich Town than Benjamin Bloom of the Blue Monday podcast. How are you, Benjamin? I'm good. I'm all the better, Sam, because I didn't realise we'd met. And we met, didn't we, <laughs> at the Birmingham Millwall game earlier in the season. I was covering that. But without um, getting all snotty about it, lots of people come and say hello to me at games. And I didn't realise it was you. So I'm very, very happy to be speaking to you. And as you've just alluded to, it's lovely to be talking about Ipswich at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Ipswich, they're flying at the moment. I was reading an article actually this morning, sort of like in preparation to speak to you. And it was an article that featured um, a BBC Radio Suffolk commentator called, let me get his name right, Brenna Woolley. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, he was sort of chatting about Ipswich and saying that, you know, it's the best he's known Ipswich, sort of the happiest time as the, across the sort of games that he's covered, because he's covered like over a thousand games for the club. So do you sort of echo the sentiment and sort of share it as well? Very, very close. The, the weird thing with Ipswich is if you get fans of a certain age, um, there's obviously the team in the early 80s that we think will never be touched because they won the UEFA Cup and, you know, finished second in the league, should have won the league, won the FA Cup, all of that good stuff. If you get fans of my age, we had the George Burley era where it was I think it's, so it's three playoff defeats in a row. Then we won the playoffs and then we finished fifth in the Premier League. So I think I might predate Brenner. I can remember a happier time, but because we've been down in the doldrums for so long, and I mean, maybe you guys can relate to this with Trillian changing over to Nighthead Capital, you know, mm-hmm. how you feel when it's not really going anywhere as opposed to, oh, okay, we're moving in the right direction again now. I can understand what what Brenner means from where we've come from. Just and just this past since Valentine's Day, basically, Ipswich just haven't stopped winning, and we're now in November and we've gone up a level. It's just madness. Mm, exactly. You speak about the momentum there, sort of going on from Valentine's Day and just kind of winning from then on. And um, I suppose momentum in the Championship it is just so important, isn't it, to get out of the league? Because you can see sort of any teams that they string together a certain amount of results, they can really propel up the table. So with Ipswich's run of form, do you sort of see and carry on for the foreseeable future or do you think there will be wobbles in the road? 
I don't know. It's it's so hard to tell. I mean, you're totally right about momentum. And sometimes with momentum, you never know when it's going to kind of stop, really. I I thought Ipswich would have six to eight weeks at the start of the season when other teams are changing managers. And, you know, we've got this ridiculous system where the transfer window doesn't close until we play five games. And, you know, like yourselves, you're, even though your best form was well, the transfer window was open. But you sign in 12 and 13 players to regenerate a squad and there's loads in and, and loads out. So I thought, I did think they'd have a little advantage right at the start of the season. I couldn't have dreamed it would have lasted this long. Um, those people maybe with an agenda to want Ipswich to hit the buffers are kind of now arguing, oh, well, this went for you and that went for you and... You know, you, you never you never know with those intangibles where winning teams where things do seem to be kind of going in their favour. You never know what's what's coming first in that kind of loop of are they being lucky and then cashing in on it, or are they just a good side who's able to take advantage of when things go their way? But look, you've you've studied this league you know about the hierarchy and we've already got the three year one parachute teams all in um, first, third and fourth, haven't we? So we all know how it works and uh, for Ipswich to be where they are is incredible. And I don't think I have a superlative for if they could stay where they are, put it that way. Mm, you, you say there about the teams that are in around Ipswich, you know, you've got first place Leicester and then you've got Leeds in third and then Southampton in fourth, you know, it's the parachute payment teams or whatever. And obviously they've got more money to spend on their teams than perhaps Ipswich too. But I think one of the things that sort of links those clubs together is the style of football. And I think with all four teams, you know, they look to play on the front foot, they look to be expansive. And you see with Birmingham at the moment, it's something that's been spoken about at the club, but I feel like it's going to take a lot of time to implement. I'm not going to say no fit football. I've heard that catchphrase enough, like over the last three weeks, that I'm not going to mention it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, call it no fit football, call it whatever you want. At the moment, it's not working. So I suppose when Kieran McKenna took charge of Ipswich and obviously he tried to implement this style of football, how long did it take for results to come with the sort of patterns of play? Oh, that's a great question. It's a bit weird with Ipswich because when you're in League One, I'm not just saying no fear football to wind you up, but <laughs> the um, the progressive passing stuff works better in the Championship than it does in League One. So the weird thing is what Ipswich had to do is actually find the bits in games where they could fight and you know, maybe play direct and stand up. You know, it's it's all very well having your pretty patterns of play, but then you go to Morecambe or Cheltenham or Accrington, love all those clubs, but, you know, it just doesn't work. They just low block you and get the ball down the pitch. And, you know, so for Ipswich, they had to kind of find both ways. And people said to me, oh, it'll work better in the championship. And I was like, come on, don't be... Don't be silly. You're going up a level, but it's actually it's actually been been the case. So um, something really clicked um, for McKenna. So he came in the winter of not last season, the season before, and it really clicked. I said Valentine's Day, so probably not eighteen months, but sort of just short of that, between a year and. And 18 months, obviously, try and be a self-aware football fan. We moan about parachute teams. In League One, that was Ipswich. They could sign two £1 million fullbacks and then in 
uh, January to sign Nathan Broadhead. So I'm not just saying all of a sudden everything clicked. Yeah, they bought better players than the rest of the league could could sign. I'm I'm aware of that. But to to your point, um, you know, it's I think it's only really Bielsa who's just kind of had a preseason and all of a sudden these average championship players are playing this total football. Otherwise, it just takes takes less of mere managers um, a, a long while. Um, and I assume you're alluding to Wayne Rooney when you're asking that question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with um, obviously really trying to implement the way that he wants the team to play sort of on the front foot, it's going to take time. And I think with the transfer window, we sort of spoke about it, you know, the fact that it's four or five games into the season that the transfer window does close. But Rooney hasn't had a transfer window yet. And I suppose that's one of the things that we're perhaps looking out but for. You have, Sam, you have had a good transfer window. So he yeah, can absolutely. surely take advantage of, mm. you know, what everyone was excited. I can't remember. I think I might have had Birmingham number one in my, you know, who's had the most exciting transfer window video. So, yeah, mm. he hasn't. Hey, maybe those players were being bought for someone who wasn't John Eustace. We we don't know, do we? That's a whole different conversation, I think, for another day. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I suppose, like with the owners and that, you never really know, do you? But um, sort of, yeah. Going back to what I was saying, the fact that you know, obviously, you get these transfer windows where players look to sort of sign up, I guess, to a managerial strategy and sort of come along and then go right. This is the way I want to play. Um, with Ipswich and McKenna, sort of with the transfer windows that he had, how many players? are there in the team that were from, you know, when he took over to now? Like, how many changes have there been in the team? Do you know, the funny thing is that even though Paul Cook was a pretty dismal failure, really, at Ipswich, he signed Christian Walton, he signed Sam Morsey, signed Connor Chaplin. So, uh, although Christian Walton, we've got this weird thing at Ipswich that's happened this season where we thought we had the most obvious number one keeper, you know, going, and... He got injured at the start of the season and he's not getting back in the team because the other guy's playing no. so so damn well now. He's, yeah, he's been so good, isn't he, in goal? Oh, it's he's like been amazing. It's, it's, yeah, we literally, the game stopped after his fifth brilliant save on Saturday for a standing ovation for him. But no, McKenna's done well and the recruitment's been good. It's been kind of bit by bit. We can't ignore, yeah, Wolfenden was already there when he arrived and like those players I've just mentioned... And not only were they signed by Paul Cook, they came to play for Paul Cook as well because they'd all played for him. Chaplin at Portsmouth and Morsey at Wigan and Walton at Wigan as well. They'd all played for him before. Um, look, Broadhead obviously has been superb and that's a, a McKenna sign-in. Uh, Brandon Williams, he's on loan from Man United. He, over the last three, four games, has been tremendous. Leif Davis is not going to be at Ipswich for... <laughs> For for very long because he's just looks like a you know a Premier League Premier League fullback, but you enjoy him when when he's there and you hopefully cash in down the line. Um, but I think more than anything, the the pattern of play is and knitting them together and what what the manager's done has been has been the main thing rather than you know just good good acquisitions. Yeah, yeah. And it's all, all sort of coming together, isn't it? You know, working on it on the training ground and then sort of every day, those patterns of play that you work on, I guess. And um, with Birmingham and Ipswich, you sort of look for like the parallels. And you mentioned it there about some of the players that joined Ipswich to play for Paul Cook. We've had something quite similar with Eustace, but the fact that, you know, Sanderson's come in, Bielik's come in, Kevin Long's come in, and they're all players that, you know, were out of contract or on loan at other clubs last season that have been brought back in. And you kind of look at it now and go, 
are these players going to be sort of surplus to requirements for Rooney for the way that he wants to play? You just don't know. And, well, remember, um, Felix was with Rooney at Derby, so that's one you can yeah, probably... That's, probably a, that's a positive. ...tick mm. off, isn't it? But yeah, it's a, it's a perfectly pertinent question, isn't it? Mm. And, and it's just, you, you don't really know because there's so many teams now that in the championship, you know, they, they have a squad one point and then give it a couple of windows, it's completely different. <laughs> and I guess that's it with the championship, isn't it? You know, right. everybody's just trying to throw darts at the board, hoping they hit the bullseye. And it's just absolute gamble in the championship. So with Ipswich um, this season now, like, would you say the goal is promotion or would you say sort of it's come as such an overachievement, I guess, to what some fans are thinking at the start of the season? Because I know like in your prediction video, you predicted Ipswich around the sort of 12th place. I mark, 12. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's madness. It, it because before the season, if you'd said, um, Ben, even when I saw you at the Millwall game, if you'd said, Oh, we're going to have a conversation in a few <laughs> months, and you're going to say Ipswich in a promotion shake up, I'd have thought it was madness. But I study these leagues and I study these league tables and I study the patterns. And what I do know is that if you have 34 points, which is just absurd after 13 games. Take Ipswich and my um, emotional bias towards them out of the equation. You have to have a pretty severe drop-off, cock-up, SHIT the bed, to not finish <laughs> in the playoffs now. Do you know what I'm saying? So if we, take, if we take 75 points as a kind of rough guide, it might be, be unlucky if it was more, it might be less to get into the top six. Ipswich has got to score 41 points across... Um, how many games have they got left? 33 games, which is basically, they could be, I don't know what that equates to, about 14th, 15th place form for the rest of the season and they'll get 75 and they finish in the playoffs. So obviously you'd go in there with not very good momentum if you did that. But we've seen teams, I just remember West Brom under Slav and Bilic. Look at their record from about Christmas onwards. They just weren't very good and they still finished second. So what I'm saying is that Regardless of if it's Ipswich, whoever it is, and look, look at Leicester for goodness sake, they're 39 already. Um, Ipswich mathematically have to be involved in the playoff conversation now due to the sheer amount of points. And um, even survival form um, is going to get Ipswich close, a point per game, and 1.5 points per game. And they're probably going to be in the top five, maybe the top four. So the basic math mm. says. Yes, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I'm sure you were following when QPR were third, looking up at second a couple of years ago and just nosedived and mm. uh, finished well, well outside the playoffs. So you don't know. You see, you see, you see so many times, don't you? Like where teams sort of in the championship, they're in like the sort of top six pitch or whatever for the whole season. And then towards the end, they have a the little bit of the drop last off. And 10 minutes out, like, the last game, yeah. <laughs> Like Mill last season, like they they were certain for playoffs, weren't they? Like you know, they look look at the fixtures they had. What Blackpool towards the end, who were in that relegation scrap, and another team I can't remember off the top of my head, who were in the relegation scrap that were like playing Mill towards the end of the season. They just completely, you know, bottled it, I guess. But with Ipswich, you're saying like you know, top six, you, you'd think surely, surely. Well, unless all I'll say is I'm I'm not saying Ipswich are definitely going to get in the top six, but I'm saying if they don't. That'd be a big drop off from what they've done. You know, yeah, they're essentially going to be turning into a, say, a bottom or a third quartile team when really, for the most part, they've, you know, they've looked minimum a top half team. And um, the results say they're one of the two best in the division at the moment. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, and um, I mean, we, we spoke so much about Ipswich, but not actually too much about the man responsible, I guess, for the rise of Ipswich at the moment, Kieran McKenna. And his story is just amazing. I was reading that BBC Sport article this morning, the fact that it said, you know, he started off at Loughborough University when his uh, football career finished due to an injury, sort of studying football there, then managed the Tottenham youth team, then went to Man United assistant under Mourinho and then Solskjaer and then got his sort of break at Ipswich and from that point onwards it's just been like an upwards trajectory where, where would you say sort of he ranks amongst the Ipswich managers in the last I, I don't know like 10-20 years because in that sort of time frame you've had the sort of more experienced managers you know your McCarthy, your Cooks, your Lamberts but this sort of new approach to it with the young manager how would you assess him? Well he'd definitely be the most popular out of Yes. Out of all of those, it's, it's it's just a weird club, though, Sam, because you've then got Bobby Robson and Alf Ramsey, and it's like, well, no one's ever gonna, no one's ever gonna touch those two in terms of comparison. Of but he's he's just done so so well. Yes, it's very easy to sit there and say he had the most money in League One. He probably he probably did, but and I'm lucky to speak to football managers, and I've spoken to football managers that faced this team, and they told me, oh. We knew what was coming. We've studied it and it's so well coached. It's very, very hard to very hard to stop. And they can see things that you or I can't see. So I'll I'll kind of take that as a as a compliment. And the results just speak for themselves, I guess, don't they? And um <laughs> you get this thing with football fans where on the one hand they want to say how amazing their manager or their player is, but on the other hand, make every excuse under the sun why they're never gonna leave, never gonna leave their club. If he's as good as we think he is, then you know, someone's going to be offering him a, a job higher up than in the championship very, very soon. And his reputation's just just growing and growing. And um, you, you're very much in enjoy it while it lasts mode if he's as good as, as we imagine he might be. Mm. And Ipswich, you know, they're mixing it with Premier League clubs at the moment. You know, your League Cup run playing tonight against Fulham, another Premier League team. Um, what are your thoughts ahead of the game tonight? <laughs> My thoughts are I think he's going to make 11 changes because the um, <laughs> the game against Rotherham that was postponed due to the weather, which I was bloody, I was at Mansfield. I was already most of the way there and I had to turn around, which was the uh, first time that's ever happened to me with a postponement where I've been most of the way there before I've known it's got postponed. But no, that game, um, they've agreed for it to be rescheduled. Um, so the Tuesday after um, we play Birmingham. So right. they're 
they're obviously not going to run Morsi and Broadhead and, you know, the key guys through two consecutive three-game weeks. So I'd imagine Ipswich will be knocked out um, tonight. I'll, I'll happily um, come back on and and um, take a grovelling um, apology if I get that wrong. And that would be... They beat Wolves in the previous round with a lot of changes, but I think Fulham might look at this and think they can, you know, they can really get close to the, to the final here and I think if I'm a if I'm a Fulham fan I'm I'm probably thinking well doesn't look like we're going to be in relegation trouble this year can you get to a Wembley Wembley final so um I shouldn't imagine Ipswich would be in the League Cup much longer but I'll happily I'll happily take Liverpool at home in the next round or Man United or whoever <laughs> Man United's still in there I don't even know no honestly I don't know if them, them teams even care about the League Cup anymore but um... no, I know <laughs> So, so it sounds like we're getting the full strength Ipswich team on Saturday, which is just what we need on our runner form at the moment. Mm. Um, speaking about Birmingham Ipswich, I guess, like in the past or whatever, what are your sort of biggest memories of the fixture in the past? Wow, what a great question. Um, I I remember one of the most boring games I've ever seen. We drew 1-1 the year we got promoted. You had Trevor Francis, um, rest in peace, okay. Trevor Francis, um, managing you and a very big, very powerful, very stoic team. Um, it's some really good battles with Trevor Francis. Actually, I remember you winning at Portman Road. Paul Furlong scored a penalty. Obviously, heartbreakingly, I remember losing at Birmingham in one of the run-ins when Ipswich bottled second place. Who scored? Brian Hughes scored. Your your mm. your listeners will um, know know these games better than I can <laughs> remember them. And obviously, the League Cup semi-final when you got all the way to the final against Liverpool. We did. You beat us in the semi-final so some um some heartbreaking ones I think the last time we played I think I was there we when we got relegated we were 2-0 up and Jukovic scored twice in the second half don't get me wrong but it it was a robbery that we were we were 2-0 up that was one of the worst championship teams you'll ever see our team that got got relegated I think we scored two breakaway goals and then I was at that game actually yeah then you battered us for the second half but yeah, so not a very happy hunting ground, to be honest. I'm not remembering many wins at, at Birmingham. I know there's, you know, the type of fans that can remember every result ever. I'm not. Yeah, actually, we won in this day on this day. Yeah, I'm like, not, oh. yeah, they'll tell you how much possession Birmingham had as well. But yeah, not not a very happy hunting ground to my memory. That's not to say that there haven't been. Do you know what? I think Mick McCarthy's first game was a win at Birmingham, if memory serves. I wasn't at that one. I think Chris. Would Christoph Berra have even been there? I can't remember, I think, but... Yeah, because I've done a bit of research beforehand. I think the last game that Ipswich uh, beat Birmingham was in 2015, so that may link up to when McCarthy was appointed. That would have been the following season, possibly. It, it was 1-0 to Ipswich at Portman Road. That I think that's the last right. time that you guys beat us. Because it's actually been quite heavily Birmingham, which is something we're not yeah. used to saying when we sort of do these preview videos and the fact that we've actually only lost one of our last eight against Ipswich. So you know what's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> I remember there was one at Portman Road, I think. Who was that lad you had that went on to Leicester, the winger? Uh, Damari Gray. Damari Gray. Mm. I remember him playing in that. I think maybe we had Ainsley Maitland-Null, actually. I think we might have won 1-0. But hey, this is not very entertaining, me misremembering (laughs) it through Birmingham. History history lesson. (laughs) Well, not a very bloody good one with me, I tell you. I guess to uh, yeah, sort of close it out, we'll have a prediction for the game tonight against Fulham and then the game on Saturday. So I think 11 changes tonight. I think Fulham will beat Ipswich tonight. 
Um, just tell me, is the full stadium open on Saturday? No, not it's yet. It's not. The I mean, Lower Tilton is somewhat open, but in terms of the whole stadium, missed. Okay, look, I love going to St Andrews. I love the noise and the um, we're off to partisan thing. But I'm very pleased it's not open for uh, for the first time against um, us. Look, obviously, Rooney's had not very nice fixtures. I know he's not started well, but you give him his credit. He's not had very nice fixtures. Um, if you promised me a draw at Birmingham and a win at Rotherham on Tuesday, so four points from the from the two away games, um, and then are we away again? I think we might be away again at no might be. later isn't it i can't can't even remember who we've got on the 11th but look context is context is king um so i would really not want to now we're at home to swansea so honestly if we drew at birmingham with then rotherham away and swansea at home to play i think most people would probably be okay if there's if there's two nicer results coming up but you know, and I don't want to be a smug fan. We're on a good run and you're not. And you've got a new manager yeah. and it's not quite working yet. So you're there for the taking. Um, yeah, be, be nice, wouldn't it? Um, from an interesting <laughs> point of view, not for you guys for four straight defeats. But yeah, look, I'd take, I'd take a point if, if we can go beat Rotherham, obviously. But yeah, it wants to be minimum a point given given what's happening. And that's obviously with full respect to the fact that Birmingham have been in the championship for ages and had a very good transfer window, et cetera, et cetera. Have I, have I straight batted that enough for you, for your Birmingham fans? <laughs> well, what I'd say to that is I'd 100% take a point against you guys. Oh, okay. There you go. 100% take a point, yeah. just so we have a point on the board with Rooney in charge. But um, thank you so much for your time, Ben. Uh, we'll leave a link to Ben's channel and the Blue Monday podcast in the description below. Any final words for the Birmingham fans, Ben? Oh, yeah, it's pro proper club, proper club, you know, great noise inside the um, stadium. Let's hope that you guys have had a lot of rubbish years with Trillian. And, you know, it's it's not all about, you know, that I do Birmingham topics and they get good good views or whatever. It's just great interaction. So, and we've been there as Ipswich fans, Sam, where the owners don't really care and it's all a bit rubbish and... I don't want to see clubs go through that. So really, really happy. Really hope it works out under um, Nighthead Capital. Although um, there is work to be done given this managerial change that they've that they've made. And and I hope it works out. But yeah, proper club. But we all know that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the fans will be loving you now in the comment section. Get even more views on your videos. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't my that wasn't my aim. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm only joking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much for the chat, Ben. It's been brilliant. Um, and I'm sure sort of next time for the reverse fixture, we'll get you back on, hopefully, to uh, discuss, hopefully, well, Ipswich still up there and then Birmingham. Maybe have, they had their nosedive? have they had their nosedive by that point? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, thank you so much for your time, Ben. And uh, leave a comment down in the description below what you think the score is going to be. Uh, make sure to like, share, comment, subscribe too. And keep...
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go. Your mates are already booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.